You're listening to the Mother of All Solutions podcast, conversations about careers and caring for today's parents. My name is Janine Newman. I am a portrait and documentary photographer. I live in London and I have twin boys aged 23. So welcome listeners to Mother of All Solutions. Um, I'm delighted to be recording in the Content is Queen studio space at Somerset House London. And it's lovely, nice comfy chairs. So I'm feeling nice and relaxed. And I've got a great guest with me today. I've got Janine Newman. So hello to Janine. Hi, Janine. Hi, Laura. <laughs> How are you today? <laughs> I'm really good, thank you. Are you in, enjoying the chair too? I am loving the chair. It's super comfy and uh, we both coordinate our clothes with the chair so that's very nice and we didn't, didn't have any it. idea did we we just <laughs> both rocked up in blue and brown and we're like oh we've got blue and brown interiors Brill. always lovely to coordinate <laughs> um, so it's lovely to chat to you today I've known you mm-hmm. for we think it's about 17 18 years yes, quite a long time it is right <laughs> and it was when I first moved to London and mm-hmm. I took a job and you were already working at yes. that organisation Yes, and we worked together then for about two or three years Yeah, we did. and we've more recently connected I think we kept in touch informally yeah. but obviously you know yeah. lives get busy you know yeah. different yeah. workplaces family life and then we've reconnected more recently mm. but it's a long time we've known each other it's a long time and I think life is to excuse the cliche a bit of a revolving door I think people yeah. just walk back into it at any given moment yeah, so yeah, yeah it's nice to have reconnected exactly and so Janine when I knew you you had small children I did <laughs> so, <laughs> so reflecting on that now tell me a little bit about your family now how old are your children now just give us a flavor of, of your family well I think I have quite an unconventional family um, I have twin boys they're 23 they're not identical although when they were little when you knew them they did look exactly the same but um, different eggs different mm. children mm-hmm. and completely different personalities we're all freelance in my family oh, wow. and yeah. it's quite unusual I mean there was a Tuesday recently where we were all sitting around the table at around 11 o'clock in the morning drinking coffee. And it was like, this doesn't normally happen in families. <laughs> I don't think. At this no age. one was rushing out the door no at 8 o'clock in a panic. Out. Yeah. No, no. We're all creatives and it's it makes for an interesting home life. Mm. And I do remember, obviously, your kids were little, but I remember you and your husband, Steve, had a kind of a creative outlook that I mm. I did appreciate when I worked with you then mm. and I appreciated you being a mum then even though I was yet to reach that stage I think yeah. I always quite liked the fact that there were people in our workplace who had a family and I think that was something that maybe I didn't consciously realize it's because I wanted my own family but I just mm. felt like it was nice in the workplace to know and you talked about yeah, them I you did know. And, and brought them into work yeah. as well and I thought I really appreciated that people enjoyed seeing them yeah you know the little people that they were they would come in and go to the water fountain and everyone would sort of talk to them and yeah they they have memories of me at work which yeah, I think yeah. is really nice yeah definitely mm. So tell me a bit about your work now, because it's very different to the work then. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about what you do, Janine. Well, now I am a photographer. Um, It's taken me a little while to say that, I think. But um, people do pay me and they hire me and I do actually do photography for work. So Mm. um, I've sort of transitioned. I mean, I I spent a lot of my sort of 30s, 40s looking after the kids, really. So Mm -hmm. I think I've put aside things that I wanted to do but yeah now I do 
different sort of mostly well it's portrait photography mostly but also documentary work Mm -hmm. and um, some fashion work as well because I also set up a market I mean I've had quite a journey to becoming a photographer Mm. Um, but yeah that's mostly what I do now the photography and how long do you feel like you've confidently been able to say you're a photographer like how long would you have used that label for one yeah. of a better phrase. I, I think probably I've been a photographer for a while but I think only the last couple of years have I gone I'm a photographer mm. and it's been quite a journey I mean I've had a lot of people encouraging me and Instagram has been a huge part of that yeah you know I've used that to build communities and mm. I've got two communities there. I've got a market community and a photography community mm. um, and your market's very much the clothing and the styling yeah. community mm. Yeah, which is how I started doing the photography because I had a very short-lived brand, you know, and I mm. uh, thought I've got to photograph it and I got a new camera and I literally since then haven't put, put it down. But mm. I think I always did want to be a photographer. I studied yeah. it at art school and I even applied in my 20s to be a, an assistant photographer at a newspaper oh, really? and got the job, but actually was, wasn't confident enough to do it. Oh, that's so interesting. This is so, a side I never mm. knew. I mean, I think I knew you were creative in a very broad sense Mm. and also take this as a very good compliment quite stylish Mm. Um, but I don't think I realized that there was that passion Mm. or journey that had come to the workplace because when I knew your work was quite dry (laughs) I was going to say administrative I don't know if that's better or worse I think we can just say it was dry. But I did love the people I worked with. Yeah. And I love the yeah. organisation. So, you yeah. know, it didn't really matter. Yeah, work's and never so simple as no, love or hate, not. is it? Yeah, yeah. It's not. And it afforded me, you know, time with my kids and yeah, an income to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah, because you were important. working part-time then, weren't yeah. you, when I knew you? Yeah. 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 Which I have since done since I've had my kids. Yes. So, you know, I had seen models of how people like yourself had, yeah. you know, for want of a better phrase again, juggled everything yeah, yeah yeah but your work now you obviously that passion of what you had in your 20s and applying for jobs then even mm. if it didn't follow through into paid work as a mm. photographer then is very much where you're at now yeah and Janine you don't have to say exactly how old you are but you know do you want to set the scene of like the stage <laughs> of that journey because we talked about your 20s so where are you at roughly now as a, a photographer I'm, so I'm very open about my age and I'm 56 56 okay. um and I think sometimes I look at that and think oh it's a bit old but older uh but then I look at other people who are doing things in their 70s and 80s and I think hey I'm really young you know so yeah, yeah. it's all about perspective yeah, yeah. and we are all working for longer now you know it's not as if there's a standard people retire at 60 yes you know people have very longer careers various changes along the way you know it's quite the norm I think totally and I don't really ever think about retirement I I have well I have a couple of friends and they talk about retirement and I think I don't really understand that concept Mm. actually uh, for me and I think maybe that's being a creative Mm -hmm. because I don't think you ever stop creating and creating his work and yeah mm. for me hopefully it will just go on until I take my last breath maybe with the camera in my hand or something <laughs> that's a bit morbid I know <laughs> well you know we're, we're all gonna die at some point but I mean I don't dwell on it particularly no. but no uh, I know I know you know yeah but yeah. it is it is part of what you just want to keep doing is yeah yeah and if you can keep getting paid for doing it yeah even better I'm not stopping yeah and I think you get better mm. so hopefully you know by the time I'm sort of 80 90 mm. I'll be uh Maybe where I want to be. Yeah. I don't know. And tell me a little bit more about being a photographer because 
I think there was one Instagram post that you put where you said being a photographer is much more than just taking the picture. Mm. And I think that's some a side of it that maybe people don't know much about. So you do a lot of portraiture, if I said that correctly. You have, indeed. Yes, yes portraiture. Uh, and documentary work. Yeah. So, you know, just give us a flavour of the types of clients and how you work and, yeah, just... Curious. Well, yeah, mm. I mean, all types of client, really. Um, so, for instance, recently I photographed and did portraits for the new um, a candidate who's going to be running for mayor in Hackney. And then, you know, actors, people in the workplace. It, it's very, very varied. So, basically, as I've become professional, um, what I've realised more and more is that clients do not really know much about what a photographer does. They mm -hmm. do just think it's turning up and pressing the shutter. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a huge amount of <laughs> admin um, that goes along with it. And you have to be incredibly organized, mm. you know, with workflow and also contracts and licensing your photographs. Mm -hmm. This is something I've had to self-educate about, really. Um, I'm a member of the AOP, Association of Photographers, and that's been incredibly useful. So I've tried to run my business in an incredibly professional manner. Mm so that clients know exactly how they can use photos. And it's something even a lot of professional photographers don't do, mm. which I'm surprised about. But it means that your images are protected um, mm. and you get paid adequately for the use of them. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's something I'm quite passionate about, sort of yeah. educating people that I'm taking photographs of, brands that I'm working yeah. with. Yeah. Most people come to me without any clue. They mm. just go, well, I'm just going to turn up and you're going to take a photo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I will do that. And obviously that's the best bit about it. Mm. But alongside that, there's a lot of sort of um, business things that you mm. need to do as well. So, yeah. so the client yeah. fully understands what you're providing and how that yeah. works. And yeah, no, it's yeah. really interesting. And I think... Yeah. I would much rather be properly briefed and clear rather than problems mm. happening down the line. You know, I think that's yeah. where often in many forms of business things go awry, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. Um, so if you're totally. doing that and yes. being as professional. Mm. And then I imagine there's also if you're saying the clients don't know much about photography, they mm. might not know how they want to be photographed, right? So maybe there's that. True, mm. true. And most people, including myself, don't like having their photograph taken. Mm. I mean, I am the same in front of the camera as anybody else. But mm. I know, I think when I'm taking a photo of someone that I can make them look okay, yeah. I think. Um, because I'm very invested in it. And I kind of am passionate about it. Yeah. So I want to photograph that person the best I can and try and make them relax to get the best out of them. Mm. So um I think on average it takes about 15 minutes for someone to relax. Okay. Um, and then you kind of fall into a rhythm. Yeah. And then they just begin to forget about themselves. And that's often you take the best photo at the very beginning. Okay. When they're just unaware that you're taking <laughs> yeah. it. Or 15 minutes in. Yeah. And when then they you relaxed. start to get those good mm. photos. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. I mean, obviously we can direct people to your Instagram, but I've enjoyed viewing the types of work that you're doing and who you're working with, like obviously lots of characters. Yeah. And you also do work that's just for yourself as yes. well, don't you? I very mean, important, mm. yeah. I think it's very important you keep that going mm. because um, that's the interesting stuff, yeah. yeah. I stop I, people on the street and photograph them, I talk yeah. to them, I get their stories and I write about them and that's, yeah. it, it does something to me. I like to photograph the unseen. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of people that are not seen. Yeah, yeah. No one tells their story. Mm. Um, no one's interested but if you can bring that out of someone then that's very precious I think and mm. it actually touches a lot of other people yeah yeah I think you mm. had a selection from your holiday in Cornwall oh, yeah. and there was like an old lady kind of at the shop front or whatever and I yeah, was just like yeah. she looks 
cool yeah. I want to know her yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was a big yeah. a big old day which I didn't expect yeah yeah all these characters in this one tiny village yeah. in Cornwall and then those vintage marketplaces that you also are involved in capturing yes. the characters and the colors and the yeah. objects and the style <laughs> of all those places that's a wonderful day out yeah I have to say the classic car boot sale yeah mm. is that one of your favorites Yes, I think in terms of vintage events, that is a brilliant one. Mm. That's by Hemingway. Um, mm. But that's that's great. Yeah, really mm. enjoy that one. And do you want to say a little bit as well about the the marketplace and the, the clothing and the, the vintage style? I know that's not necessarily your core business now. You are yeah. a photographer as your core work. Yeah. But just give us a flavour. Get Let us hear a bit about Janine. <laughs> Because we can't well, see you on a podcast. You so. can't see me. Well, so basically, I, I went to fashion college for four years. Uh, I thought I was going to be a designer, but actually, I'm much more of a stylist. And so, anyway, there was this itch to be scratched. When I got to 50, I thought, well, it's now or never. I need to make this brand that I've been sort of thinking about for ages. And I sort of made this sort of um, loungewear brand. And I thought, well, I've got to sell it somewhere. And it was all sustainable. It was very mm -hmm. hard to find anywhere to put it. And so I thought, well, I'll create a market. Yeah. And I'll ask a few other brands if we get together. I only need 15 of them. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll just put on an event. Anyway, it was really successful. Mm -hmm. And then so like I thought after eight months, well, I don't really want to do the brand. I don't like selling very much like okay. that. Okay. But let's keep the market going. And I thought, what do I do about my fashion bit? I'll just style myself on yes. Instagram. <laughs> and I've always loved vintage. So yeah. why don't I just kind of bring that out? And I've, it, I was quite shy of doing it at first because yeah, no one was yeah. really doing it that I could yeah. see. And anyway, people love it. Yeah. And um, I'm always torn on Instagram because I think, oh, they're going to love the style one. But I want to post my sort of portrait stuff. You know, yeah, so it's a yeah, bit of a... Yeah. Yeah, a bit of a tussle sometimes, but that's basically where the, the styling photographs came from. Mm, okay. It was a transition from having had a brand, setting up a market. What do I do now? I don't have the brand. I'm transitioning to be a photographer. And it's all in this big mix of things, you mm. know. And it's just like, okay, this is who I am. And I think actually there's something to be said for people that do different things because you have different skill sets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Skill st stacking, I yeah. think it's called, oh, isn't it? I've never heard that Skill phrase. Skill stacking. I'm going to remember that. Yeah, it's yeah. been, I've only learned it the last year or two, mm -hmm. and it's really helped me to see the value in things that I have done mm. and things that I can do. Mm. Because we try and isolate things we do. I'm just a photographer. Well, actually, I'm not just a photographer. Yeah, I can bring yeah. other things to that. Yeah. And that's okay. That's so interesting how mm. they all sort of blend into supporting each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we yeah. I think we need to sort of um, you know, think about that more and think about the other skills that we bring because it can make mm. you incredibly niche mm. and scarcity and nicheness is of great value. Here, here. <laughs> yes. yes. No, you're doing it so well, Janine. I love it. It's great. <laughs> so, Janine, we have talked a little bit about your photography and yes. Instagram. Should we talk a bit more about family life Let's and how that's intertwined and stacked within <laughs> all of that? Um, so yes. as I kind of weigh into talking about that, I was going to reference something you put on a post on Instagram. Yes. I think it was your birthday post. I think it, it was. was. Yeah. I always so. do a big birthday post. <laughs> <laughs> you like birthdays. <laughs> I do love my birthday. <laughs> yeah, good. I think we should. I love my birthday. It's do in the you? summer, so I take a day off. Oh, and I'm lovely. Like, just, yeah. I think they should give you a day off, personally, yeah. every workplace. Everybody listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, Janine, I am just going to read it out. 
because it's quite short. Mm. And then if you're happy, we'll talk through it and you can say lots more about it. Okay. When I was 16, I thought I knew what I wanted to do. In my 20s, I didn't really have a clue. In my 30s, I raised my kids, restored houses, and felt very tired. Mm. You're, you're mm, to that yes. one. Yeah. Exhausted. In my 40s, I thought about how maybe I should do other things, but that probably it was only the other people who did other things. And in my 50s, my kids told me to get on with my dreams, <laughs> so I did. I love my kids. I mean, it's a beautiful post. Mm. I mean, the last bit got me. It's still getting me thinking about it. Mm. So let's just talk that through. You've touched upon how in your 20s you did almost take a photography job and you mm. didn't. Mm. And then you said a little bit about when we knew each other when you were in your 30s. Mm. You were raising your kids and working part time. So what about that transition then, the 40s and 50s? So in your 40s, thinking you might do other stuff, thinking you wanted mm. to do other stuff, but not mm. necessarily. Was it a lack of confidence? What was it that stopped you then or gosh I think it was quite a lot of things okay um I didn't have a very conventional upbringing okay and I would say without really going into it there's probably quite a little bit of trauma there so I think that has an effect mm. I think two so two of my kids have been diagnosed well I've only got two kids <laughs> your two I, kids. Ha- I don't have any more kids <laughs> my bo- both my kids both my my boys have been diagnosed with ADHD okay um I can see watching them through that diagnosis process and watching them, I see some of myself in them. So I think there was probably some of that as well. And I think that culminated in me probably having a a lack of confidence maybe and a lack of focus. Really, Mm. focus was very difficult for me. Um, As I've gotten older, it's gotten better. Um, I think, yeah, in my 30s, it was very much about having the kids. Although even in my 30s, I had business ideas. Mm. I'm very much a responder, you know. Mm. Oh, uh, you know, sort of design for kids or maybe I could have a kid's business, you know, uh, all these things. But, yeah. of course, I don't know. I could I could see that other people were managing to do that, but I just couldn't quite manage to do it myself. And maybe it's because I had twins, I don't know. But we also moved house a lot I remember that I mean mm. yeah we did six houses after <laughs> I know I, mean, I didn't know it was that many <laughs> it was ridiculous I mean we I thought moved. it was like two or three or something <laughs> no it was six and you know I think I, that's why I was so tired <laughs> but you know it was always the next project and it didn't leave time for anything else mm. you know and then in my 40s I think I was probably I was a swim mum as well. My my mm. son, one of my sons, Bertie, he was a competitive swimmer. Okay. And training was seven times a week. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes five in the morning and seven at night. I mean... I'm going to keep my kids average. I'm going to keep them. Don't let them do swimming. <laughs> <laughs> or gymnastics. <laughs> keep them really average. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, kids. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> no, no. Just let them do art and music and lovely things like Be that. Be happy. Mm. Yeah, not saying yeah. swimming wouldn't make him happy. I'm sorry, I'm going off on a weird tangent well, here. Well, sport is great for mm. them, and, and and swimming has instilled some amazing things in Bertie, mm. and a lot of camaraderie and discipline mm. and focus. You know, but uh, for the parents of those swimmers, it yeah. can be difficult. And then weekends at Garland and competitions, taking oh. them right, okay, all up, I'm down the country. Mm. You know, so actually, a lot of my forties was me thinking, yeah, I will, I will do something. Um, and sort of talking about it a lot and everyone going, yeah, yeah, you're always saying that. And, you know, mm. I, I had a lot of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And no, then, yeah. Yeah. And then my 50s. Well, my so my mum died when I was 50. 
And um, I thought, well, it's a bit of a pivotal moment. Um, and I thought, well, you know, so it's, it's a bit of a shame. She never mm. saw me do anything that I'm doing now. Mm. But she's probably part of the reason that my kids are part of the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing now. My kids just, I remember them, them just saying, look, we're old enough now. Just go and do what mm. you want to do. I know that's what that's the last bit in that post oh, you know like they yeah. that they said to you follow your dreams like yeah. they could obviously see yeah. all those passions and interests in you and just like yes. develop those like yeah do those you yeah know? yeah it was very pivotal mm. when they said that because they've come to an age where actually I I've always listened to my kids actually mm. I think young people have an awful lot of wisdom yeah and yeah. things to say and I really value what they say and I thought mm. Mm, they're right yeah. They don't need me. I'm going to go and start something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I did. Amazing. Mm. Mm. So beautiful. I think that's great that you've got this open communication with your boys. Mm. Um, and has that helped you sort of support them in their decisions about subjects or studies or careers? Or like, how how's, how's that worked? Yeah, very much. Because they, I think when kids are listened to, you feel they sort of mature and they learn to trust themselves mm -hmm. um, and their own decisions. And so both my boys decided they didn't want to go to university. Okay. And I didn't really even question it. Yeah. Um, and I can see that actually the choices they've made have been absolutely right for them. So they've been working since they left school. Um, you know, they've managed to sort of build careers for themselves in the way that they wanted. And I just think it's quite important to support kids in their decisions. Mm -hmm. They can always go back to university at any time. Um, but they're doing what sits comfortably with them. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of really proud of them for following their mm. own instincts. And I think if anything about parenting, helping your kids to trust their instincts is really important. Mm. That's really helpful for me thinking about as my kids get older, you know, how I'll be with them or, you know, mm. how I'll support them. And I think, you know, you said you're proud of your kids, but you should be proud of yourself for not sort of pushing them or mm. into a direction that might be seen as the norm or yeah, what should be done or what maybe you did or... Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you've got to give them your trust and put your faith in them and, and believe that they know what they're doing. Because mm. I think they do. I think they're young adults, they're... I'm very impressed by them and also all their friends. They're, mm. they're a great generation and I think that, uh, you know, they've been, they're wrongly criticised at times. Mm. I feel very passionate about it, you know, mm. that uh, we should celebrate our young people. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. it's a, a lovely sentiment and I agree, mm. yeah. And obviously my kids are still young, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm also really interested. You've been through that parenting mm. journey of, you know all the ages <laughs> <laughs> and you're still parenting it's not like you stop I, I know am. you've got more time to do the things that you want to do yeah. but I thought it'd be really nice to reflect a bit as well on on that because I know there's phrases that I've heard like you know small kids small problems mm. big kids big problems mm. like I wondered if any of that kind of resonates and how it potentially changes through the through the lives, through the lives. I don't know mm. well it's interesting because just as you say that, I think small kids can have big problems. Of course. Yeah. And I think for my kids, um, one of them had bigger problems than the other, I okay. would say. Um, 
so to put it in context, they both have ADHD yeah. diagnosed. How old um, were they when that was diagnosed? Aubrey was nine, I think, mm -hmm. but also diagnosed as ASD, which now you'd say neurodivergent, I think. Mm. Um, and Bertie was not diagnosed until he was 18. Oh, hang on. He might have even been more recently, 21. Okay. okay. And we didn't really, when he first said it, I thought, well, I think think that's quite right but mm. um because he'd been swimming so much i think it had sort of controlled it oh, that, okay. okay which swimming is a fantastic thing for adhd okay. um so he got diagnosed quite recently so that's been interesting so but but you know seeing your kids struggle at school bertie was much more able to integrate into um his peer group whereas aubrey struggled so we had big big problems and big issues and that was not easy um, but we fought, I fought and we got him a statement and we'd moved away from where we live now and we'd come back because we really didn't feel that where we'd moved to was meeting his needs. And mm -hmm. when we got back to where we now live, um, the new school was amazing. And because I'd managed to get him a statement at the time, it's called, and it's of course, yeah. an education plan now. Um, he, he started to learn. Okay. He started to be able the to support. learn. Mm. Yeah. And that was incredible. So he mm. got through school. And he got his GCSEs and his A levels, mm. and but was he quite well into secondary school before that sort of kicked yes, in? Okay. Yes, he was thirteen, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the previous school had said, "Well, he's just going to have to get through school." And I thought, "Well, that's not good enough." Yeah, that's not good enough. This child is having meltdowns. Yeah, he's not coping. So, yeah, there are big issues for young kids, and yeah, then yeah. different big issues I know, when they I get know. older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's just one of those phrases that I've heard and, you know, I just think, yeah, some of it resonates, of course. The, like, tantrums Probably. about tying your shoelaces or whatever are small problems yeah. that small kids go through. But but I mean, it, I have tantrums about my shoelaces. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, that tantrum to, to a mother can be the most, or, you know, a difficult mm. thing to cope with. Oh, yeah. And I do see the mum, you know, mm. with little kids now and in the supermarket and they're screaming. And I'm thinking, oh, I really feel for you. Yeah. I'm or trying really to get them out the door on time. Yes. And for you, the time schedule is so yes. precious and important. But for them, they haven't got a clue. They haven't got a clue. I know. And you just think, and I can cope with other pe people's children crying. It's yeah. more difficult when it's your own children crying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's stressful. It yeah. is. With twins, and correct me if I'm wrong, do they, and I know you were saying the support wasn't necessarily there for both your boys earlier on, but um, they separate classroom, them into different classes if there's more than one class in a school. Yes. Is that right? And did yes. they do that with your boys? Yes. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. yeah. So and that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they're together all the time, you know, when yeah, they're not yeah, at school. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And I, I, I'm just curious to know then if maybe sometimes with, twins and i don't know they com are compared to oh, much all the time mm. all the time and i think this has been one of the issues because mm. when one twin is succeeding and competing mm. and getting through school no problem and learning and then the other twin is just kind of like considered to be failing mm. oh my gosh it's terrible because it's not only teachers that compare it mm. it's the peer group and so mm. you're having to manage both children equally yeah 
praise the one that's doing well, support the one that's not. Yeah. It's a juggle. It's a real balance, yeah. Because, I mean, mm. I know that happens across siblings, but when yeah. they're different ages, yes. it's not as intense, right? Oh. Or as pressured, maybe, yes, right? Maybe. I, I don't, yeah. I, would, I don't have that experience. No, but even with your own, like being, you've yeah. got a brother, right? I mean... Two brothers. Two yeah. brothers. Yeah, yeah. So just even thinking about, like, my, my brother's yeah, super yeah. clever. Yeah, yes. And I was always Compared. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I always felt the pressure, like, I need to keep going, right? I need to yeah. aspire to doing that. Whereas maybe naturally my yes. skills were somewhere different and maybe yeah. still a little bit academic, but not to the, like... Not the same. Not the same. So I'm just curious to know about the twins, yeah. Mm. Anyhow, they, they are both doing well. They're doing so well now, yeah. yeah. Thank you. And in your freelance, yeah. you're a family of freelancers. <laughs> <laughs> all sitting around on a Tuesday morning chatting and drinking coffee. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> Sounds quite nice, really. <laughs> I mean, I love it. But then I think, oh, should we all be working? I have no idea. But, um, yeah, we just, we, we all have very different jobs. Yeah. Yeah, so. and yeah, and you work at different times in different ways. You know, mm. your weekends aren't the same as no, my not. weekends. You know, it's yeah. just different, isn't it? Yeah. I know it's quite hard to reflect, but do you think looking back on... Obviously, you can't change how your kids are or were. I mean, maybe you would have liked the support service around them to have been mm. different. But just thinking about you and your mm. decisions mm. or your kind of confidence, I suppose, mm. looking back, would you have done anything differently? Or do you think things happen for a reason you end up? happy where you are yeah I think I mean I probably wouldn't have refurbished all those houses <laughs> <laughs> and and it's not only that we refurbished houses we moved areas I mean it was ridiculous you mm. know and I think but you see I say this to myself but then I think about all the friends we made in all these different yeah, places yeah, yeah. and those friends are still our friends so I think yeah. well oh, well we lost out in some ways but we made a lot of friends and yeah, we yeah. got a lot of experiences um, I think for kids, they don't like change so much. Mm. So that's probably, I do feel a bit regretful about making them change around so much. Okay. And particularly if you are neurodivergent, that's a difficult issue. It can um, have an impact, yeah. It can, but mm. we talk about it. Mm. I talk about it, everything with my kids. And it's all good. always kept an open line of communication to both of them. So, yeah, yeah we've talked about the moving and lamented it at yeah. times, but... Yeah, because it does oh, drain good. your energy, right? So, you know, mm. if you had this passion for doing the photography, but mm. actually you're just like, I'm just so tired by 11 o'clock at night. I can't even, like, think to send an email to somebody who might have yeah. some advice or some work or whatever it is. Yeah. You just can't, right? Just no, that. There was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing. It was just this life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I suppose I only manage the podcasting because I don't work on a Friday, so I can yes. designate some time but I appreciate that's also yeah. a privileged thing to be like okay I've got between mm. nine o'clock and three o'clock not every Friday because obviously mm. a lot of Fridays get sucked up with cooking cleaning school holidays school clubs yeah. school sports days but yeah. I sort of feel like I have consciously ring fenced a bit of time which you have to do I think yeah mm. but it's hard right it is hard and you've done may I say really well oh thank you Jean. yes mm. and I think when you do have that limited time mm. it does make you more focused actually yeah, so yeah. that's that's fantastic yeah. yeah yeah but yeah no there is all the cleaning and I I must admit I've let the house slip a little bit oh good yeah <laughs> I used to be really I wouldn't say house proud but very particular yeah. and I just looked at the house the other day and I thought oh it's all gone it just, <laughs> just there's matter. more important things I don't really care now <laughs> it's a bit of a mess but yeah. it's okay it's okay yeah yeah you can live through it and I can yeah 
Yeah. And what's next for your photography work? Have you got any like big plans or is it just more of the same, like trying to find good clients and get good work? Yeah, I think continuous I've been doing. Um, I'm trying to photograph brands a little bit as well because when I say brands, I mean like small independents, mostly mm-hmm. fashion, um, because it's very hard for them to find or get or know how to go about getting affordable imagery. Mm. So I did a photo shoot recently with nine brands in a day. It was a bit crazy. Wow. wow. But it worked. It worked. I could, I, you know, I always tend to do these crazy things and think, well, it might work. It might not. But it did. So and did you bring them all to you or how, what, how yeah, do you even logistics? Yeah. Well, you see, this is the skill stacking. Yeah. Okay, come on. <laughs> okay. So uh, all that admin, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it's really good for running a market and getting a photo shoot organized, I'll tell you. <laughs> so it was half an hour each. I staggered them. I hired yeah. a studio. Yeah. They came in. They knew what they had to do. Yeah. Had two models, photographed all day. Yeah. And it's, so all the images we're using for the next pop-up. Yeah. Um, but it made and it, it was, affordable for them. It made it affordable for them. It was a good experiment for me. I thought, well, if this works, I can bring this to maybe not nine brands, maybe three or four would be mm. better, um, and sort of add that sort of um, service to my photography services. Mm. But I also, you know, I'd like to make a couple of books, um, ah, portraiture, and I've been photographing certain things for a long time, and I'd like to pull those images together into a book, maybe an exhibition, who knows. Oh, and I have got an exhibition, actually. Oh, have you? Uh, well, I say I've got an exhibition. I've taken the photos that are going to be in an exhibition. So yeah, that's all very yeah. exciting. So more of that kind of work would be good. And yeah. I'm hoping to go traveling next year with my oh, camera. Amazing. And that's where the personal projects are yeah. so good. I think you, uh, it is important to do that. Yeah. Uh, see my brother in New Zealand. See if I can get some work lined up there. Wow. Take some portraits, write some stories. Um, and maybe Japan. So... Oh my goodness, that's loads. Yeah. I thought I was going to get, you know, a, a bit of a flavour, but you're like, all these new systems for my photo- photography, <laughs> New Zealand, Japan, like exhibitions, books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say six houses. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually transferring it onto my work now, aren't I? But it goes to show, doesn't it? It's just the way I am. Well, I it's the passion, right? Yeah. Which drives a yeah. lot of what you're doing and yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's really good, Janine. So, Janine, it's been great to hear more about all those things that have happened throughout the decades. <laughs> <laughs> the big stuff, the little stuff and everything in between. So I've loved hearing it and I hope, well, I'm sure our listeners have, have loved hearing it too. So how can people keep in touch with you, Janine? So you can find me on Instagram at under the cloth. Um, you can find my website at janinenewman.com. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm on threads as under the cloth as well. If anybody's using threads, I rarely use it. <laughs> I haven't braved it, but I'm sure lots of people are. <laughs> but most, mostly I'm under the cloth on Instagram. And that's and, you, and there's links from that to everything else I do. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's a beautiful Instagram account. So well done on that as well. And I'll put those links in the show notes of the episode so people can follow through when they listening and download so thank you again janine it's been a pleasure thank you for having me and thank you for coming to the studio here and thank you listeners for listening to mother of all solutions today i'm your host laura broderick and you can connect with me on instagram 
less beautiful than Janine's account, but it's there, at Solutions Mother. And that's also my handle on X, if you are still on X. Um, so yeah, I'm on both of those. And you can drop me an email if there's anything that's resonated or something you'd like to share about your own parenting journey. And um, very much want to hear about those conversations about careers and caring and how it all works for you. Um, so yeah, if you want to reach me on email, it's motheroforsolutions at gmail.com. So thanks again for listening. And if you have enjoyed, you can subscribe for future episodes, leave a little rating and review. um, And yeah, listen back to the previous episodes. There might be other things that you pick up that you enjoy. So take care, everyone. And yeah, listen again soon. Bye. Bye bye.